birds have vanished into the sky and now the last cloud drains away. We sit together, the mountain and me, until only the mountain remains. That was Lee Poe's poetry. Now today at Espresso and El Grey, we're going to be talking about time. And not just time, but what it means to have live a deep time. A, what I call, a wastefulness of time. So join me and Dr. Sam Chan for another stimulating conversation on Espresso and Earl Grey. Anyway, so I'm Sam. And I'm Sam. I'm Sam Chan and not Chan. <laughs> and I'm Sam Wan, not Wang. Or Wham. Wham. That's right. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about time wasting. Time wasting, that's right. That's or right. in an abstract noun, the wastefulness of time. Yeah, that's right. So, Sam, are you a time waster or what's the opposite of a time waster? Oh, I'm not a time consumer. A time consumer. Well, which well, one are you? I think I, I'm slowly moving towards a time waster. And I use the word wasting in a very particular way. Um, I waste in a deliberate way. So, for example, you know, I, I, as, as, a, as a young 20-year-old... Um, I used to waste so much time on YouTube, you know, watching and then games, online games. And then I realized afterwards I'm not restful in that time. Um, And I think a lot of young people can agree with that, that they spend a lot of time on their phones, a lot of the time on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. But coming out of that, you actually become a lot more tired than actually becoming uh, restful. That's fascinating because... A friend of mine, we were both talking about how, as married men, if the wife comes home and finds a husband in front of the TV, she's infuriated. Yeah. Whereas yeah. had she found you trimming the hedge, that would have been okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's only one thing that ticks off a wife more <laughs> than seeing the husband in front of a TV. Yeah, yeah. It's if the husband was gaming. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. on an Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wife... For some reason, it's just really consuming rage. Yeah, but I think there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you actually go, that's actually my period of playing the Xbox. That's my period of um, doing these things. And I think that's what's going wrong is that we've put all the period of rest as young people into Instagram, Facebook, gaming and whatnot. And we actually don't have what I think deep rest um i think a really good way of deep rest is actually mindful resting and going i am just going to go for a walk and enjoy it i'm going to deliberately spend the time not facing the screen but then i am going to deliberately spend the time wasting it on the screen it's a matter of choice in resting that allows us to to rest well. Yeah, because part of me, because I'm not a gamer, 
And no offense to you, Sam, no. but I would say to my wife, you know, you could have done a lot worse than just me. You could have married a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> but part of me wants to push back, say, isn't that just totally arbitrary whether I spent one hour in front of a screen versus one hour in front yeah. of a hedge? Yeah, I, th- I, I think it is. I think it's, again, it comes back to mindfulness. It comes back to saying to, not, not mindfulness in the, sen- in the sense of the, the, um, the, um, the therapy mindfulness, but mindfulness in terms of saying, this is the structure of my day. Instead of not deliberately wasting time, we waste time. But we need to deliberately waste time so that the time becomes meaningful and deep. So, what, for example, I'm going to waste time with my friends because I know that by wasting time with them, I'm developing deep relationships with them. And what I mean by wasting time, it's I'm going to go to them with no agenda. I'm going to go to them because they are my friends. We're going to sit, we're going to have a coffee, we're going to spend time together. And that actually validates our relationship. But if I admit, the minute I start to put an agenda into it, I'm actually not practicing uh, deep wastefulness. I'm practicing a consumer... Uh, consumer mentality that I get something out of you and you get something out of me. Here's where I feel a bit of a hypocrite because I have three young boys. If I walk in and see them in front of a TV screen or if them, if I walk in and see them gaming for one hour, it infuriates me. So there's something about that. And as a father, what I did a few years ago has actually made them sit down in front of a TV screen for one hour and binge Yes. On games and YouTube. Yes. And then I made them go outside and play in the backyard yeah, yeah, for yeah. one hour. Yeah. And then I asked them, now, how did you feel after the screen time? And they said, oh, a bit blur, Dad. Yeah, yeah. And I said, how did you feel after one hour of outdoors time? And they said, we felt wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they asked me, why? what's the difference? Why do we feel wonderful after outdoors time, but blur from indoor screen time? Yeah. I think it's... a it's a matter of um, it's a matter of socialization. It's a matter of intimacy. Um, you're you're relating in very different ways in front of a screen than you are outdoors. You're activating um, uh, biological things when you're playing outside. But again, I think if you were indoors in front of a screen and you're playing something that is interactive and social i don't think there's anything wrong with that either i think it it's a matter of what you're doing and how you're doing it and it's that it's that cycle isn't it we binge because we can binge and because we're already feeling blur after our binging we binge all the more it's like the irish saying the man drinks a drink, the drink drinks the man, and the, and, and the man drinks the... Uh, something like that. <laughs> or the alcoholic is, is, is someone who continues to drink and the drink takes over the alcoholic. Um, whereas finding something that is actually beneficial to us, drinking from a... It's like drinking from cordial or drinking from fresh water. You drink cordial, you drink sweets, and you come back to it over and over and over again because it, it makes you addicted to that system 
but you feel blur each and every time. You're, you're hooked onto sugar. But just drinking water and having a healthy diet, you actually reset your system to being a, a good, mindful and, and interactive social person. Now let's talk about time wastefulness yes. versus a utilitarian waste of time. Yes. Because even when you're hanging out with your friends at a cafe, on the one hand you say, oh, you're wasting time. Yes. That's one hour you could have used doing something else. But on the other hand, you said it was useful because yes. now you're working with social relationships yeah. and building up social capital. Yeah. So which one are you doing? Are you wasting time in the cafe or is it a utilitarian use of time? Well, I think it depends, firstly, how you define wastefulness and it depends on the economy that you work with. Economy, as in it comes from the Greek oikos, meaning house and... Uh, I, I can't remember the other word, uh, which means manage. How you manage your resources. From a, what I, from a consumer economy, what you're doing, uh, your mindset is input, output, productiveness, efficiency. It works from understanding that there is, uh, you only have a certain amount of capital, for example, social capital, that, that because you only have a certain amount, there's that idea of scarcity, that you need to get more or you can't waste it. Part of that is self-autonomy and selfishness. It's about you, yeah? You need to gain more because there's scarcity or you have to hoard more because there's scarcity. And we see that in our world, don't we? In a COVID period, because we have a consumer economy, what do we do when we don't have an unknown, when we have an unknown future? We hoard, we panic buy because we're scared. There's a scarcity coming. We need to hoard more so that we're more secure. And so the wasteful thing is to give away. The wasteful thing is to expend without expecting anything in return. But then, Ironically, when we go, if we have a different economy that says giving is better than receiving, selflessness is better than selfishness, then what is valuable is actually wasteful in the other perspective. And what is wasteful is actually hoarding. So it's fascinating because I'm still at work, even though we're at COVID isolation. In fact, I end up being more busy than ever before yeah, because yeah, anyone yeah. can reach me anytime from anywhere now. Mm. The, the blur, the boundaries between home and work are just blurred now yes. and when I'm meant to be available. But on the other hand, my parents, who are both still alive, are retired. Yeah. They're not at work. Yeah. So to me, it seems like they have infinite amount of time. Yeah. And they're always saying to me, why don't we catch up? Why don't we have a Zoom yeah, meeting? Yeah. And I feel like we did a Zoom meeting last week. <laughs> and they say, but that was last week. But I'm thinking, 
I have, I, to me that, I felt like I chopped off an arm to yeah, give you one hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To you, it feels like I didn't give you enough. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it's, now when, I, when, I'm telling, when I'm telling people to waste their time, it doesn't mean you don't practice self-care. Obviously, if you've completely depleted your, your social capital in a way, there is really nothing else you can give. So therefore, that's why I'm saying you need to have healthy schedules in your day where times, if you're an introvert, you have times where you do binge and you blurge and uh, binge and blurge. And there are times where you do recuperate. If you're an extrovert, there are times where you do spend exuberant hours with other people. And that's where the schedule is so important. Annie Dillard says that um, how you live your life is how you live your day. And so the most important thing for your life is how you schedule your day. And so for if you really value your relationship with your parents, then you cut off what you feel like you value less. And so you would deplete less and you would rest more. And so I think this is something that as, as a young person, I didn't really get in when I transitioned from university to work was well, suddenly university meant I could do anything at any hour <laughs> and that was okay. And then I could sleep till, you know, 10, 11 o'clock, still go out at night and stuff like that. But then I wasn't actually using my capital in a very good way. Um, but then when it moved to work, suddenly someone else dictated a schedule for me and I, and I couldn't sustain my previous use of my time. And so as I thought through all this, I suddenly realized, well, I just need to be in control of my time a little bit more. I need to say, if I am going to waste time with my friends, it means that I can't waste time on the TV. And it means that I need to get my 10 hours sleep. So I need to sleep early. Um, if I am going to work productively, it means that if I value working productively, and because that's something I really want, then I really can't spend every night with my friend, can I? And so all these things, it's a matter of scheduling. that's the hardest thing about growing up because when you're at university you have so much control over your time you choose subjects depending on whether it's going to be a Tuesday morning lecture or Wednesday night lecture you yeah. have so much autonomy yes. over your time you have three days when you're yeah. at university you have three month summer holidays yeah. when you're in university suddenly when you work I, I remember as a university student as a medical student they once scheduled a lecture at 8am and we all thought that was some ungodly horrible <laughs> hour but then you started working we were doing ward rounds at 6am yeah. but that was normal yeah. and then you become a parent yes. and I think that's how I think about being a parent when I was single I used to go to pubs and see people eating dinner at 5pm I don't know these people at 5pm and they and, <laughs> and suddenly they're all parents with young children now that I have young children I get it yeah. you have to eat at 5 
because yeah. you got to get your kids to sleep. Yeah. Because your kids are going to get you up early the next day. So something yeah. you can't have late nights because yeah. your kids dictate your schedule. And here's the hardest thing for me. I'm actually quite a task-orientated, yeah. list-based person. So I wake up at the start of the day with an unconscious, maybe even conscious list of 10 things I need to do in that day. Yeah. And when I was single, you just knock off yeah, the list. One, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. When you have a young child, you're getting to just the number one thing and your kid interrupts you. Dad, you know, help me put some clothes on. So you think, okay, I'll help you put some clothes on, then I'll get to my list. But after that, your kid will say, can you get me some breakfast? Okay, I'll get you some breakfast. Yeah, then yeah. I'll get to number one on my list. Oh, dad, can you make me a drink? And, and it's endless. And it's 10 p.m. You've been with your kid since 8 a.m. and you haven't done anything in your list yet. So for list-based people, they actually don't cope with these stages of life very well. No, and I, th- and I think uh, it's... If we learned to be able to be mindful with our time right from the start. If they taught us that right from the start, to be able to have uh, an ability to... It's different for all of us, isn't it? But to be able to be mindful and go, this is what I'm going to be achieving today. These are the things that I want to get through today. But then I'm going to be flexible enough to, to say, that's okay if I don't get these achieved today. What are the crucial things that I need to achieve? What are the non-crucial things that I need to achieve? Then I think moving into different stages of life would be very much easier. For example, I was teaching and I realized I need to get through two hours of English, two hours of maths, one hour of cross-curriculum, and then one hour of sport or something in a day. And then I was thrown into a class that was bonkers, you know. Imagine kids jumping on chairs, kids throttling people, kids throwing bags up into fans. And then, so what did I need to do? Well, I still needed to do all those five things, but the most crucial thing was to get rapport with the kids. If I didn't get that, these five things would be out of the table. And so, well... Let's start with rapport. And then, if, I'd, if, I'm, if I got one hour of English done, that's, that's a win for me. Um, if I got then two hours of English and four hours of um, what I'd love to do early in the morning with them was that um, I'd get them to run around the oval three times to expend their energy. If I got them to do like four hours of sport and two hours of maths and they loved it, and that's a win for me. It reminds me of uh, when I was in year seven. You know those twist- twisty twisties? And then they used to have little tokens with like fortune cookies in it. And this was one of the wisdom that I got in my life. It said, if at first you don't succeed, redefine your success. <laughs> See, I've been taught to divide time as task-based versus people-based. And for me, that's very useful. So it's almost like stage of life. At university, we're all people's based because we're going to yeah, pubs and parties. Yeah, yeah. But maybe we need to be a bit more task-based. Yes, yes. But once we're at different stages of life, like you're a parent, don't be so task-based. Now's the time to be people-based. Exactly, exactly. Just recognise the stages yeah, of life. Yeah, yeah, 
and it's it's reckon it's then that's when wastefulness comes in. When you realize what is really important, then you need to waste time, mm-hmm. deep time, not not just not just time in itself, deep present time, mm-hmm. as in being there, present time, doing that. You can't you, you, if if you want to spend time with your kid, spending time with your kid isn't just binging television shows. Spending time with your teeth. Maybe it is, but maybe maybe it's deep time. Is it different? Kicking a ball outside, going for a walk, going for a hike, even if they don't like it, or it could be watching something that you don't like that they like and discussing about it. Deep time is different for everyone, but it's finding what is valuable and wasting time in that. So what's fascinating is during the COVID isolation period. Suddenly we found ourselves with a lot of extra time because yes. we're not commuting, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. So we've got three hours extra in our day. Yeah. Suddenly people everywhere were deliberately trying to waste time. So yes. everyone's making sourdough <laughs> when they could have just bought bread from the 7-Eleven, which would have taken 10 minutes. But no, yeah. we're going to do this thing that's going to take me 16 hours yeah. to do. Suddenly everyone's into slow cooking or smoking meats which takes you know 16 hours we could have bought some jerky again from the 7-Eleven so somehow we're and we're all bragging about it on social media so somehow we were trying to look for very time inefficient things to do baking bread instead of buying bread and that's so good that's and I think COVID has really brought up again in us the 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 COVID has really brought up in us the value of inefficiency. Whereas from a consumer perspective, consumer economy, inefficiency is bad. You've got to get these things done. You've got these outputs done in a day. You've got to have these checklists of this, 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 this. But a wasteful economy says inefficiency is actually good. Because look at everything. Everything is inefficient from a consumer perspective but efficient in their own time and that's what I love about the book of Ecclesiastes which is a book of the Bible it says that God has made everything in its own time and so if we stopped working in our time and slowed down to work with things in their time then perhaps we're actually working in God's time that's a really fast. So if we slowed down and said, instead of getting the quick espresso coffee and inefficient time in doing a slow, what, what do you call it? Slow uh, drip, slow, which is fascinating. Slow the 1970s scientific <laughs> world gave us instant coffee. Yeah. And now we've reacted and gone, yeah. I want the most inefficient, which is even, even the, the cold, cold brew, which they got to make the day before yeah, yeah. to give you now. Yeah. And then we would perhaps reap something that is much more beautiful. Because mm. part of being musical isn't just being in tune, it's being in time. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And um, perhaps we could even say the world is God's music and the world has is God's tempo, um, T-E-M-P-O, not temple. <laughs> well, it is. Wow. It is so there's a rhythm. There's, there's a, a rhythm in the world. There's a tempo wow. in the world. And we need to slow down and listen to the music 
listen to the tempo and dance to it. Yeah, rather than forcing it. And instead of forcing it, it reminds me of this of, of a story of um, large communities. Large communities are where people with disabilities live with people without disabilities. And there's a story that um, uh, Kevin Reimer talks about in his book um, Living Lash, where cooking a meal, a stew, takes three hours when efficiently it could have been done in one. Chopping an onion takes an hour for one of the the uh, the people with dis- intellectual disabilities it takes an hour for them to do, but the assistant doesn't hurry them, just lets it happen because they realize that it's in these three hours that something valuable happens. It's in these wastefulness of time, the meal is secondary to what has been achieved. Awesome. Which is, again, being Asian, I don't get why we go camping, but all my, <laughs> my friends go camping. Yeah. And that's what they've done. They've made their holiday incredibly inefficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's camping allows us to sit in the time of nature because you sleep when the sun goes down. You wake when the sun gets up. Maybe you hunt. You don't hunt. But um, you, you, you eat when you're hungry. Um, there is only a certain amount of food you can have and you can bring. So you need to ration it out. And so you, you go back to your body clock in how you live your life. You look at nature and it just informs you so much of how the world runs. Mm. So we're out of time, but there's so much more I would love to talk about. <laughs> but Sam Wan, you seem to be the most qualified, overqualified person to talk about <laughs> no, time no, wastefulness. No. Is there one thing you want to end on? I think... We need to figure out what is most valuable to us and spend the most inefficient time in doing that or else, in a way, we would be wasting our lives. Um, And that's a tragic thing. You don't want to get to the end of your life and say, I've wasted it on things that are inefficient. And I think, following in the philosophy of Lash, I don't think ladder climbing, earning money, um getting promotions, um, getting property. I don't think any of these things, wasting time on these things are, from my perspective, a waste of time. Because life's not about that. Life's more about deep relationships between yourself, others. As a Christian, life is about a deep relationship with God. And life's about letting go of control of time and listening to the tempo of God. Because when you start doing that, then you can truly see what real timefulness is. There's been so many things to talk about that we haven't even finished this conversation. So we've created a part two that will come out in a couple of weeks' time. But if you liked what we've talked about and you want to listen to more, find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and Podbean. We'd love to see you next time on Conversations with Earl Grey.